Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hey, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are live on this Thursday for you with more coverage of the uh, of the tight end room and some of the dynamics around. Uh, you know, if you paid attention earlier this week, we covered Austin Hooper, and I want to kind of look at the rest of the group and get more opinions on uh, David Njoku and, and also Harrison Bryant. There will be a write-up Friday for that uh, topic. As we kind of look at tight end and into offensive line, we will have our usual Friday with John Colosimo and then our uh, over the weekend uh, offensive line look with Kyle Murphy, who I who I just recorded with a little bit ago, and it was it was a good episode. So we will uh, look at transferring over uh, to the different parts of the tight end room and uh, keep your eye out for content on that the rest of the week at the OBR. I'm also filling in for Stephen Thomas, who's out. Uh, this weekend, uh, late this week, obviously, into the weekend, uh, family vacation. So I am doing the OBR's Daily Mock, so check that out also if you would like to as well. Uh, plenty of good stuff up on Twitch, including yesterday's uh, podcast that I shared, which is the Dueling Mock. You can watch the video-based version of that if you so choose. It is readily available. As far as brown stuff today, really, really not much other than people continue to try to... Uh, pin a majority of the issues on the Browns offense on the head coach and I just think it is the silliest silliest stance you can have in terms of blaming his scheme the way he calls games on the the biggest issue could it be resolved uh to to you know I guess perfected would be the way to say it could it be perfective of, of course it could be perfected I, I think that I even broached it with uh this this guest here about why the Browns were targeting, I think, the wrong player far too often. So that's part of the stuff with Kevin. But the big picture issues that people are trying to put on Kevin Stefanski for the offense, it's just I I don't know where you're coming up with that. And I think you really sound uneducated on the opinion and you really don't understand what's gone on. So I think my stance on Kevin Stefanski is pretty well known at this point. Uh, we'll see what year three brings for him, but the the blame being pushed over to him for year two is just it sounds like people are getting bored and uh, trying to put off some things that feel inevitable. That's just uh, that's just me. So let's get over to our interview with uh, Quincy. I think Quincy does a fantastic job uh, on his podcast. Uh, sorry, his YouTube channel is where Quincy does most of his work, and he's going to lay out where you can find his stuff at uh, on Twitter at at Quinn underscore C. It's Quincy Carrier. Make sure you're checking out his YouTube channel as well. Excited for this interview and time spent with him. So let's get over to that right now. All right, I'm pumped to find it. Listen, I visited Quincy's show on YouTube, which is fantastic. You got to check it out. I visited a couple times. We've been meaning to get together on my pod. He watched Cavs Hawks tonight and then took the time to come back and talk some Browns. This guy's committed. How Cavs let us down a little bit. How was the game, man? Oh, I mean, like other than them losing, it was pretty fun uh, to just be up there uh, in person, actually see him. Uh, Evan Mobley, I mean, like the way that he moves at seven foot two is ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. Once he gets stronger, guys, like, 
he, the league's going to have a lot to worry about with that guy. That's what I'm talking about. We get a smattering of Cavs dialogue before we dive into <laughs> So we appease the people who just want us to shut up about the Cleveland Browns with a little Cavs dialogue there. So We'll, we'll give you some sugar before we <laughs> yes this is the appetizer that's your pretzel bites before we get to the main dish so Huge we're talking ice cream yeah yeah yeah. we're talking tight ends this week at the obr we talked hooper with uh, uh brown's mock draft Stephen thomas yesterday check that out if you didn't check it out we're going to shift to the angle of the other two in the room the other big two and uh from yesterday i'll, I'll let you know quincy Stephen and i were pretty firmly on the move on from austin hooper for a myriad of reasons i wrote it up that's also available for folks to check out if you're a subscriber at the obr gave my reasoning, looked at the drops, looked at the lack of athleticism in terms of creating yards after catch. If you don't give Austin Hooper a tight end screen, if you don't give him a boot action leak out where he's schemed open, he's not going to get you anything past the expected yards. He's going to catch it, be tackled. He's made three tackles miss happen all year, and he does not really create in one-on-one situations. And in Cleveland, the one-on-one situations are way more prevalent than they were when he was thriving under Julio and uh, that structure in Atlanta where he was getting that underneath uh, bracket stuff to Julio. He's getting a lot of underneath opportunity in windows. So it's different for him. I don't love the money that they have to commit a 13 million cap hit, not a fan can get out of it. I'm a, I'm a proponent of moving on. Uh, and I'm not asking for you to dive too, too deep, but I want to know as you sit here where you're at with Hooper before we jump into the other two. Yeah, I, th- I think getting rid of Hooper would probably be one of those situations where, you know, it'd be addition by subtracting. The big factor is like you got to make sure you secure Njoku if you're going to go in that direction because you don't want, you know, to just have no tight ends in a team that does feature them a lot. But yeah, Austin Hooper, he he reminds me, and my mind's on basketball because I just watched a basketball game. But there's this ideal of a player in basketball, right? Who, if you give them 20 minutes, they'll give you 20 solid minutes of production. But if you give them 40 minutes, they're still going to give you 20 minutes of production. That's Austin Hooper, right? If you give him starting tight end targets, he's still going to give you second tight end numbers, right? Like that's he's just not that kind of guy where his yeah. efficiency is going to expand with his touches um, because he's not that skilled as a tight, as a receiver, right? Um, he's an okay blocker. He's athletic enough. You know, he's a, he's a good second tight end, I would think, but you know, Brown's paying him $13 million. Like that makes it so he has to take the bulk of those targets. And, you know, I, I think, I thought this during the year, I think this now, and I think this next year, I think those targets would probably be better suited for somebody like a David and Joku who can actually, you know, if David's not going to run a better route, but he's going to be able to jump or make a play on the ball. And sometimes this is what we need from the tight end uh, more than what we've gotten out of Austin Hooper, which is, you know, drops um, and, and pretty constant. You know, I don't want to be too harsh, but pretty yeah. constant disappointment, you know, yeah, based on what you're paying him at least. Totally understand. We are, uh, you know, kind of looking at this from the angle of how do you improve that role, right? So, if they're going to throw to that position a ton, which, you know, I would prefer to create explosives in the passing game is what I like to say. A lot of people talk about it that way. I want to get the ball into people's hands who can get explosive plays. Now you can create the explosive plays for them with some nice schemes at the right time against the right coverage, or you got dudes who can make plays that, that are unexpected, right? Create the yards after contact, create the separation that gets a, that gets a big gain. You're not going to get that from Hooper because Hooper gets 61 targets, 345 yards. And Joku goes 53 targets, 36 catches, 475. I'm trying to understand, okay? 
and you got to help me. We'll talk about David first here because I'm going to throw a couple other things at you. You got to help me understand how you and I, known idiots behind computer screens, can look at this situation and quite easily diagnose that why are they not getting the football into the better athletes' hands? Like what? What is so difficult about that for them that like, and I'm not saying it's all on Kevin, I, I, but there is some, I do try to lean toward Kevin is working with his hands tied, but this is a situation where is the money that Hooper's getting, they're trying to justify the plan. He's not a better blocker. He's really not broke that down. Mm-hmm. David's metrics were better this year. David's been continually improving there. So like, why is David not getting 75, 80 targets while Hooper gets 30? Like, I'm just trying to, you're, you know, I come into your office, you're Kevin Stefanski and I say, Hey. Listen, bro, let's talk. We got this guy right here who I've been close to David up in Berea, and that dude looks like he's not from the same planet I am. Like, that guy is cut up, like, chiseled. The guy is a freak, and he needs to get the football more. Why are you prioritizing Austin Hooper? What would your answer to that be? (sighs) You want me to answer this, like, as Kevin? (laughs) Yeah, try to justify it for me. I'm genuinely asking you to try to justify that. All right, I'll try. I'll try my best. All right, so David, the reason you're not getting the ball and the reason we're we're prioritizing Austin is because we know that Austin he can't really make the argument. He's more reliable. Man, six drops, second <laughs> yeah, among all tight ends. Drops. I'm telling you, dude, uh, if the ball was over Hooper's eye line sight, had to lift his arm up, it was flip a coin. Flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah, there's no good argument, to be honest with you, right? Because there if you're going to go with the chemistry with Baker Mayfield option, uh, Baker's played longer with David Njoku. He's done pretty well with just David Njoku before. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go with reliability, look, David drops. We know David drops, but David don't drop as much as Austin Hooper does. And David, when he drops, it's spectacular drops most of the time, really right? Are. It is. Yeah, they are some of the best drops you'll see. Like, it is amazing he could drop that football kind of stuff, yeah. right? Um and you know i don't i don't know if there's one thing that austin hooper has done better than david like i don't know maybe this is something lingering from bad feelings about the contract negotiations that they had earlier where david wanted to be traded and that lingered into the play calling i really hope it's not that because that mm-hmm. just seems dysfunctional it seems against winning right but there's there seems to be a lot of things where you look at them and you go man was this really about winning or about something else and you know that's that's what i'm asking quincy like okay explain this to me he's been in the league five years his first two years the guy's on a path like he goes 375 675 or right around that he takes that second year leap getting the targets now third year we know he broke the wrist and that was out of his control but then it's like year four and year five like I just don't I want I want you to try to help me understand again. I'm not asking you to be Kevin, but just your perspective. Do you think he's like is he a bad a bad practice player, a bad teammate? Like what on earth when you look at the guy and you look at the talent, you know, he's 43rd in Pro Football Focus's off-season uh free agent listing. The one of the top tight ends right behind Rob Gronkowski uh, available. And I'll talk to you about the money aspect in a second, but like what what's holding the guy back? Why are they not prioritizing him in your opinion? And I know this is conjecture, but like, you know, what do you think it could be? I'm going to put a trigger warning out because I don't want people when they listen to to start thinking about other things, but I'm going to use a word here. It's called freelancing. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh, that, maybe that's it right because the same thing happens with Rashard Higgins right and where mm-hmm. we're like man Rashard's pretty productive every time he's out there but he's never out there and for Rashard I know for a fact 
Well, I know from I'm pretty sure it's because he freelances all the time, right? That's kind of how he gets his yards. Maybe David freelances. I, I don't really see him doing some obvious freelancing when I watched all 22, but maybe he freelances a little bit more than what they want him to. And this is a run my offense versus run what you want to do kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know, though, because Kevin, I know people have this image of Kevin, especially after the whole, you know, the last freelancing incident, that this is that he's this like strict guy who's not going to let anybody, you know, have any wiggle room in this offense. But I've never felt like that was his M.O. Like there's yeah. nothing he has ever said that has given me that M.O. But then you look at, you know, David and Joku not being prioritized as much as Austin Hooper. And it's like, are we trying to justify a contract? Like there's nothing yeah. about winning that can really justify it to me because David's been, I mean, like every single screen pass that Austin Hooper got 20 yards with, I'm pretty sure David could have got 35 with, right? Like, and I, they have to be aware of that, right? So either he is the worst practice player of all time, him and Rashard Higgins too, right? Which I'm convinced Rashard's a bad practice player, though. Um, but they because it's he like, must be a dude that coaches just can't stand. Like you know, because, you've been around guys who are maybe like dudes annoying or something. I don't chirps. know. Doesn't yeah, he nothing. He's like the Eli Apple of wide receivers. I'm guessing because like he's he's okay. He's not yeah. like great, but he yeah. talks a lot, and I bet that's what gets him in trouble. Yeah. Um, and. With, with David, I'm like, is he just the worst practice player ever? But I've seen him practice. He's not that bad at practice, right? Like, no, no. yeah, it's all I, drops here and there, but that's not abnormal yeah. in the dog days of two days and stuff, you know. Like, I, I, yeah, and it's like, you know, I, I there are guys on this roster where you look at him and you're like, how did we not find a way to get like every time Jarvis got like a a a pass within his wheelhouse where he can get some yak with it, right? You go, why don't we do that more, right? Um, every time you just see David and Joker, you're like, man, that dude should probably be who we're targeting when we target these, when we have these triple tight end fronts, right, that we're running out here. Um, you know, I'm not going to say another name because that's going to drive people nuts, but the run game, right? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, that that's something that we're like, well, why don't we try to get the ball more to these guys? And then, you know, there'd be things that were really confusing throughout the year, right? We're drawing up plays to get Anthony Schwartz open. Why in the world are we doing that when we have name redacted on the roster? Um, you know, yeah. we're drawing up plays for uh, Demetric Felton. We have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Why are we doing that? Like, you know, it, it, it's maybe they took coach of the year to the head a little bit and just thought, hey, we're going to try to get real fancy with it in year two. And it backfired. And they tried to outsmart everybody because sometimes I do feel like they try to outsmart people to the point to where they outsmart themselves. Like some of the Odell decoy stuff. I'm sorry, name redacted decoy stuff. Like I think they outplayed themselves at times doing that. Um, and maybe with David and Joku, they look at him and go, everybody's going to think it's going to be David and Joku, but we're going to throw it to Austin Hooper. But I mean, I, I really hope that's not. I hope there is a real reason why this is happening that I can look at and go, okay, that's not dysfunctional because it just doesn't make any sense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to give people chances to explain some of these things to me. I think you hit a lot of things It could be. Uh, is it assignment based? Is it a practice player? Is he on time to everything? I'm again, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't have any inside information. I just don't know how you can look at what ways are we using Austin Hooper and can we just simply swap them out? I'm not asking for us to give up every tendency in the book, but it's my job to justify the best player getting targets at the position. I need to get this guy to 75 and keep the other guy around 30. Can I create the ways in which that happens? So I've just been curiosity you know seeking on this thing i think everybody feels like david we want david to be here uh the hooper letting go situation is trying me trying to force upon them almost uh Mm -hmm. keep this guy around uh pff uh projected contract for david at three years 12.5 average so 25.5 guaranteed 37.5 total he'll turn 26 in uh in september maybe a little earlier he'll play this year at 26 still young Five years of experience going into the year 26 in the NFL has consistently gotten better in the blocking phase. My question is this. Do you like that number? That's going to be a that's a plumpy little number. Uh, But you could also look at the angle, too, if the relationship is is good, but we're not quite there on contract numbers. And there are some cap gurus who listen to this who might eviscerate me in the morning, but (laughs) they uh, I think I saw that the tight end uh, franchise tag is like 11 million and some change. Um, again, I could be off just a hair there, but if they can't quite come to an agreement, are you opposed to franchise tagging him and trying to sort it out as they go along here? No, they they need to do something. They need to keep like David and Joku. Look, we're pretty sure Jarvis is gone after this year. It is with his contract number and, you know, I just don't think that 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 looks like it's going to come back or Jarvis is willing to restructure his deal in a, in a for a team that does not feature him um, as a one or two receiver like he probably should be at this mm-hmm. point in his career. He's getting old. He's 29, too. So that's going to factor in. Um, you have a crisis with pass catchers right now, right? Like your best one's going to be gone um, and your your most expensive tight end is I don't want to say dead weight, but empty calories. So, you know, David and Joku, you got to find a way to keep them. Uh, I, I think that twelve million number. I think that's fine if you if you what that was a three years twelve at twelve yep. each. Yeah, it's uh 
three years, twelve. Yeah, twelve five average, twenty five five guaranteed with a thirty seven possible yeah, outcome. They'll add like two void years at the end oh, yeah. or something like that. And yeah, some yeah. cat magic tree. Put the credit um, card bill off till later. Right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that bites us. Um, but yeah, with David, I think you. I it would make me feel better if they committed a contract to him, right? And they got rid of Austin Hooper because that would make me feel like, okay, whatever happened last year, it, it, it happened, but. They gotta be like, okay, David's gonna get the ball. He's gonna be our number one tight end. We're gonna figure out a way to get David and Choku the ball. That would make me feel a lot better, right? Because it feels like they they made a decision um, instead of waffling here. The franchise tag, you know, if if it's part of your negotiation, you've had a shaky history with this guy. Like, you know, he's wanted off the team at certain points. He's not wanted off the team at other points, and. You know, since you worked it out with them through that rough patch that was 2020, I would just like them to just have the good enough will to give him the contract this year. I think that would go a long way in the locker room. And let's be real, there's some there is some bad will in the locker room about certain personnel decisions that went down last year. Right. Like that is obvious in how people are reacting to it. There is bad will in that locker room. You need to be able to bring up some goodwill i think they tried it when they re-signed all the guards um in the middle of the season um you know whether that was successful or not i have no idea i'm not in that locker room it doesn't seem like it was right but david you know pick some of these guys really well david's the one guy that you can extend him and maybe that extends an olive branch to the rest of this team and we can all just finally get over what happened with Odell in the middle of the year and how that rubbed people the wrong way. And it seems to have rubbed people on this team the wrong way. Right. And that's something that does need to be repaired. So I think there's a lot of different angles that you go for, but like, let's be real. This team comes back as is who's your best pass catcher. It's probably David and Joku. Right. So you need to have one, right? I mean, we, we are all unsure about Baker Mayfield one way or the other. The one thing I don't want to find out is if Baker can do it with like no wide receivers, right? <laughs> like I don't want to put him in that situation. Not again. Not again. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you got to give him somebody and, you know, we don't know who we're going to be able to get in the draft. Tight ends aren't in this draft. Like there just isn't any dynamic threat at tight end. There's a couple of guys who you might want to put at fullback that might be able to do like a Kyle Hughes check thing. Uh, there's Chidobu out of Maryland who could be that guy. But there's nobody that yeah, there's not a dude in this class. Yeah, like Michael Mayer, yeah. And name kid in the next class is a dude. He'll be a first round guy. But there's really not. And even I like Trey McBride, but he's a stretch too. So yeah. if know. David and Joku were in this draft, he would be your first round pick. So you should probably extend him. Um, and, and that's that. That's just kind of how I see it with David. I think he has improved as a catcher, most and inform- first and foremost, as a blocker, as a route runner. I mean, I think. Uh, it would be really unfortunate at this point in his development where he looks like he's finally ready to blossom that we let him go somewhere else. Right. Like I think frustrating, yeah, especially when, again, we're at a crisis of pass catchers and free agency does not look like that's how we're going to be able to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me guys that can get some explosives. David can do that. He can go up and get it. He had a 70 yard screen touchdown right against the chargers. Longest play of the Browns year pass play. Right. Yeah. 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 So he's, he's in, I I just, it it would be really hard for me to stomach the decision to keep Hooper and let David go unless something comes out where David says, I'm just not playing for you guys anymore. Um, That angle is a little different. 
Uh, and hey, listen, it could happen. You never know with where things have gone. Like if guys just want out. So I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing anything. But if you make the decision to keep Austin and let David walk, it's a really hard pill to swallow. So I think we're in agreement there. What I will ask you is this final question about Harrison Bryant, who who I like. I, I like him, and the reason I like him is because to me, he's a cheaper version of Austin Hooper. He is a similar player not a physical gift to the position um, will, will, will though take advantage of some schemed open opportunities and make, uh, you know, he had that l- a couple little fumbles as r- his rookie year when he was coming on. I'm not too concerned about that. He catches the ball pretty consistently. I just, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, agree or disagree that do you think if you cut Hooper kept David and kept Harrison, that he just can be a form of your Austin Hooper, obviously down in the thirties, in the target discrepancy, or maybe even lower if we look at who they actually bring in as we want wide receiver targets to pump up here a little bit, but you get what I'm thinking. You smell what I'm stepping in here with. Can he be a form of Austin Hooper for you in your opinion? Oh yeah, I think he can look. I, I he flashed his first uh, training camp, right? He had like an amazing first training camp. Mm-hmm. I thought the dude was he plays play. hard. He plays yeah. hard. I think that he plays matters. real hard. He had those fumble issues his first year, but I think he's kind of recovered from it a little mm-hmm. bit. He didn't really get a lot of opportunity this year, though. That's the one thing, right, where his yeah. targets went down. Like, he had, like, 28 targets, only started three games this year. Was he um, battling some injuries? I can't remember if he missed some time. He No, he played 16 games. He only started uh, three. Yeah, games, I don't so. think he battled he injuries. Around. I think he was just – see, as much as people, like, meme the fact that the Browns run three tight ends, it's not like we gave him a lot of targets all, right? Like, yeah. it's – yeah, it was pretty spread out um, throughout the team. Uh, if you want to get real bleak, Quincy, <laughs> lack listen, of production. <laughs> listen to this, man. Your leading touchdown guy, receptions. David Njoku had four. Austin Ooh. Hooper had three. Peoples-Jones had three. Who else had three? Harrison Bryant. The, 21 catches, this, 233, and three touchdowns. It is a bleak pro football this, reference stat page. This this looks like like our our top wide receiver. Like that could be one Jamar Chase game. Holy cow, man. <laughs> That's bad. It's really bad. It's really hard to look at that. And and uh, yeah. and it's not all them. Some things we know from the quarterback didn't go very well. And I, I think that they could have put some guys in, you know, there were situations where could have put some dudes in different spots and all of that, but, but they got to, they got to get better. So let's talk, let's close with this. If yeah. they, if we're sliding these guys up the depth chart, we're saying we got a form of Austin Hooper on a rookie contract and Bryant, we're going to really invest in David here, whether one way or the other, whether it's a franchise and we promise we're going to work this out down the line or they give him some sort of extension um, or well, it'd be a new deal. Um, do you think that they would be best served to go out and get maybe a reclamation project like an OJ Howard uh, or somebody on the up and up like a uh, Robert Tanyan is the third guy because this I think Kevin Stefanski's DNA is going to fight it, but he loves him some tight end. So I think he's going to try to still use them. Would you prefer like an Evan Ingram? So I'm talking about like guys who are really reclamation projects like like that. Or would you prefer that they go with one of these extra, maybe the Quasi pick and the uh, additional compensation pick? Maybe they take one in the draft around that like Jeremy Ruckert type range. What 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 sort of floats your boat there? There are two ways you could think about it, right? The first way, like the way I think about it, um, and the first way I'm going to go through is you just want to stack. If you're going to, look, if we're going to stack this room or if we're going to run tight ends out there as much as we do, right? And Kevin loves tight ends. He's never been shy about that. Um, And Baker likes tight ends too, right? Um, 
then yeah, I, I would be in favor of just stacking it with guys who you feel like can give you can have the potential to give you a lot of production, right? So I I've been a fan of the OJ Howard, you know, kick the tires on that. Let's see what's up with that because it's not like he got moved down the depth chart um, for because he stinks or anything. It's just you know, Grant came, Brady came, he didn't leave, they didn't trade him. He just kind of ended up in a quagmire over there, right? Like where he where he couldn't really do anything about that situation. So I think there's something to kick there. He wasn't like amazing uh, the one year he had where he started in Tampa Bay, but he, I think there's enough there where you can like see what's up with him. I think there's also another way you can look at it where like, hey, do you just want to get somebody who fits his tight end three? Because I think one of the issues that we had last year was like Harrison Bryant. I feel like he's a really solid tight end too. I think he fits tight end too. I don't know if he fits tight end three, right? Like he's just not heavy enough. Um, so maybe they want to go like what I think there's what Dalton Schultz is available. He's just a blocker, like yeah, you know like something I'm, born I'm like here, that. Like Max Williams is is a bit more of that of that size. He's a little more pricey. I'm I'm not I'm not here with the total list. I'm not sure what Jordan Atkins situation is out in Houston. There's I I smell what you're stepping in there too. I've used that phrase twice. I don't know why, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, where you're not inclined to get this guy a bunch of targets, but I can put this guy in line and let David be the motion guy across as a U back or whatever. Let him do some creativity and uh, not worry about losing any. You know, if we go outside zone or we need him to gap down on counter power, we can get him to move some bodies. Right. Like and then you're not inclined to force some targets that direction, too. Right. Maybe then maybe then you uh, you take a stab at a late guy, sixth, seventh round guy that you can you can develop behind in case of injuries. So is another angle you could take. And you don't always have to go tackle eligible whenever you want to run the ball on first down. Right. Like, That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, and let's. There was some like a notable step down from um, some of the blocking in the run game, at least on the edges from what I saw. I didn't do like a deep research. You could tell me if I'm wrong there, but it felt like getting Nick Chubb downhill on that edge was a bit more rough of a task this year. Yeah. Um, now, that might have had to do a lot with just the tackles being all over the place and just in and out um, all year. But I know it was it felt like. And with Chubb, it's weird, right? Because Chubb, I feel like he had a down year. He was still third in the league in rushing, but like he wasn't as. Did we just have ridiculous standards for Nicholas Chubb here? We do, um, we do. but there God. were times where I was watching, and I'm like, man, that's usually uh, he sets that cut up right there, and I see him read that man. over that over, you know, just scrape by the back or a little. There were just times where I was like, eh, he usually finds that hole. And you're right, the standards are different. It's like it really is like. I don't want to compare him to LeBron because it's it's a different. But like I always called LeBron a two beat ahead player. He can see things two 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 steps ahead of everybody else. And Nick is a vision guy. I've always felt is the same sort of like I can feel out where people are going to be a couple beats before they're there to make the cut. So I didn't. It's a great. You're walking a fine line there, and you're saying something I totally agree with, which is he's damn good. But it just kind of wasn't like holy shit Nick Chubb right like that kind of dude this year yeah he definitely had his moments this year but there were also moments where you know Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt don't do all that you know processing right he just kind of he says point me in a direction this is where his run play goes and I'm getting shot out of here like a cannon and that works for him because he runs so hard he will just get five yards he won't find a crease but he will get there um at times right and that works sometimes because we just needed somebody to go north, right? And sometimes Nick was waiting a little bit too long to go north. I don't know if that had to do with him waiting on somebody. Again, I haven't been able to look into that too deeply here. But back to the tight end conversation here. 
I think Harrison at two, Njoku at one, and you know, I, I'm I'm of the opinion of hey, look, if this offense is just gonna have a bunch of tight ends out there, we might as well embrace it. So let's get as many guys we think can be dudes out there in that room, um, and just fill it with athletes, right? Like you know, um, you know, we could draft Drake London at six five two. Well, he's like two thirty, right? He's a big old boy. He's a big dude. Yeah, uh, he's a he's yeah. a big dude. I'm I'll be interested to see what he weighs in at post injury yeah. and all that. But yeah, he's a big fella. Just go heavy. You know what I mean? Just yeah. if we like the big fellas, then put the big fellas out there. Let's get as many big fellas as possible, right? Yeah. But Traylon Burks know, the it, same mold, a big dude and can run. He's got five X gloves. Like he's got massive mitts. You know, it's the same same sort of thing. I, I'm I'm totally in line with if if they wanted to try to do a reclamation of an oj howard or evan ingram or those guys who came out who are hyper athletic and maybe just need a just need a change of scenery see what see what pops off i just hope and i think you agree as we wrap her up here that you got to keep david you got to find a way to keep him above all else yeah david's a priority number one right we, we talk about how the browns need to draft wide receivers draft wide receivers all that um but also we need just pass catchers period right and sure. david's david's your best one right now like and you know you got to figure out a way to keep him the money i don't know what kind of money he's going to go for ultimately just because the numbers the statistics throughout the years aren't going to overwhelm anybody right because he has not gotten a thorough like starting opportunity um in, in a in a system that's going to feature him ever so, like, it's not like he's had, like, these 1,000-yard years and he's going to be, like, super expensive to keep. But the upside is just incredible with him. And there are a lot of teams that would love to have a guy like David Njoku. It's just a question of after, you know, tight end's not first day of free agency position priority for most teams. So it's like after teams spend for pass rushers, right, because there's a ton of old, you know, one-year contract guys coming up this year um, at that position. After teams, you know, exhaust whatever they're going to exhaust trying to get Aaron Rodgers or whichever quarterback they think might become available or might be available, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely going to be somebody somebody's going to spend assets and money on. Um, you know, I would – I would urge against it for anybody, but, you know, it's going to happen. And then, you know, there is when they finally get to tight end, you know, what teams are trying to spend. I would hate for him to fall to a team like the Bengals, right? But they have the cap space to make that happen. I don't know why they would do it, but they could. Um, same thing with, uh, with Pittsburgh. Are they not a situation to do it? Because they would. Uh well, they would absolutely would, yeah, do they it. could. I thought I thought Green Bay was an interesting spot if Aaron sticks around. They've not really had that type of dude. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for Baltimore to just commit to just tight ends because, like, you know what I mean? Have Mark Andrews and David Njoku out there. Yeah, I would hate that. I would hate to defend that. Um, <laughs> they usually have put up teams that, that he would be a fit. He, he could slide into most organizations yeah, he, and be just fine, right? Yeah. So, Listen, I think I think we we nailed this down about as well as we can nail it down. Hopefully they prioritize the guy. You know, you don't want to go backward in this regard for explosive guys. You don't want to go backward before they try to leap forward uh, with the draft and free agency. So I hope they get it mm -hmm. right here. Quincy, man, this was a blast. I'm glad we finally got together. We need to make this a regular thing, try to hook up before or after free agency. And then the, the draft too, man. Tell everybody uh, about your show, where they can find you if they don't already know, and your Twitter handle as well. 
Yeah, definitely, man. You can find me on YouTube at Quincy. Well, you can just go youtube.com slash Quincy Carrier, or you can put Quincy Carrier in your search bar. You'll find my Browns YouTube channel, my football one, and then I also have a basketball one that you can find if you're willing to dig deep enough. Um, And also, you could just, if, if all that sounds too confusing to you, just follow me on Twitter at KWEN underscore C. You'll find me there. You know, I, I spend most of my days just with tabs, man, just massive amounts of tabs of PFR and Excel spreadsheets and just all kind of lunacy, football lunacy on my mind. Um, and I, I dropped some interesting uh, uh, numbers there at, from time to time on my Twitter. And sometimes I like to think some funny jokes. So, you know, if that sounds interesting to you. Check it out. <laughs> Do it, man. Fantastic follow both both Twitter and YouTube for for content of, of your choosing, whether that's the Browns or some other avenues. He's, he's really good at what he does, man. Quincy, we appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, guys, wrap on today's episode. Thanks for stopping by, hanging out with us, and listening to more Browns content. We are getting closer and closer to the stuff that will matter in the offseason, such as free agency and the draft. It's right around the corner, but uh, plenty of ideas and thoughts on the previous year and future personnel to discuss in the meantime, and that's what we will continue to do as we go through the OBR's week-to-week gauntlet looking at the entire roster. So continue to check the OBR website, continue to come to this podcast for different angles on topics you care about with your Cleveland Browns, and I'll continue to try to keep getting on unique guests who can have quality conversations around it. So, again, thanks for listening to today's episode. Have a fantastic Thursday, and I sign off with our usual Go Browns. <laughs>